The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I've been doing show prep for at least two and a half hours. I am ready to rock and roll on this baby. This is really scary business we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about crowdsourcing of sextortion. So that's a bunch of weird words. What does all that mean? Well, before I get into this, um, I first want to tell you that this show is brought to you by Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids. And if you would go to Facebook and find Million Kids and hit like, you will get the education of a lifetime on many subjects that you will just be blown away by. Uh, including things like sex trafficking, labor trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography. We're going to talk mostly about sextortion and social media exploitation and child pornography today. I want to thank the people that support this organization before I get deep into this. I can't do this without your loyal support, and that includes your financial support. Um, This kind of education that reaches the entire world is expensive, and uh, you all make this happen, but I believe that it is absolutely important to create leaders who understand this, and that includes people like yourselves that are listening you know, I I need a way to get this information around the world as fast as I can, and this is one of the best ways to do it. So thank you for each and every one of you that support our work. All of these shows, by the way, are archived at exploitedcrimes.com. That is exploitedcrimes.com. And they're all archived there. Just go in to listen and go all the way down, and the latest shows are at the bottom. There's over 100 hours of these shows that you can download, you can share, you can listen to, you can get an embed code. There's, it's not a big deal, sounds bigger than it is, and put it on your own site. So, you know, or use it if you have your own podcast and uh, you want to fill in some time, you can certainly do that also. Okay, I want to get into this because we only have an hour and this is a complicated subject, but it is an alarming situation. And I don't like uh, melodrama. Those of you who know me, I deal with facts. I report to law enforcement. I I am the training and outreach coordinator for the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, but I'm also an instructor over at USC uh, and the LA Fire Training Academy. Actually, I'm instructing today at USC for law enforcement across the state of California. And then on April 27th, I'll actually have an advanced training symposium that is eight hours that it will be sponsored by USC. We'll have 18 people in the room and the rest will be live streamed around the world to anyone who wants to listen to it. It is $395 and it is a certificate course for advanced 
and we will get into some of that. Okay, enough of all this. I want to get into this. What is crowdsourcing, if you're not familiar with it? Well, crowdsourcing, the concept of crowdsourcing is an excellent idea. It is high quality and the way of the future. In essence, uh, many of you know that I have a book in the works. By the way, I just saw the cover of it. It's gorgeous. I love it. Thank you, Susie Carpenter. But anyway, she did a dynamite job on that. But crowdsourcing is the idea that people are coming together. My my new book is Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. And crowdsourcing is one of the chapters in that book and why I wanted to talk about it this week. Crowdsourcing is the idea that for the first time in history, the entire world is being brought together by technology. So you can form groups with people that you'll never meet or have never met, but like-minded groups, and you can exchange ideas, and if it's handled appropriately, you know, you can share your passion, your talent, your skills, you can uh, share your expertise, you can learn from other people's expertise, you can get a global vision of how it might look differently. You know, we all all make ideas over here in the U.S., but, you know, when they get to Paris, they don't always play the same, or they get to Rwanda, they certainly don't play the same because they don't have the same infrastructure, the same cultures, the same financial uh, makeup, the same kind of government thing. So it gives you a chance to kind of bring human beings together that would normally never be together and exchange things, and hopefully use it for the good. And so, you know, like so many things in technology, technology is not bad. It is an amazing time to be alive. You know, I agree, I'm on the high end of this generation, but, you know, what an amazing time to be alive. However, one of the things that can go wrong here is when crowdsourcing is used for illicit behavior that is illegal and highly damaging to people, especially the youngest and the most vulnerable around the world. My book, Societal Shift, is based on the idea that for the first time in history, the entire world will be connected in 2020. And it will change everything, absolutely change everything, because we put our children on technology first. They are literally technology wizards, and we're techno-impotent. So they charge out there with all their hormones and their lack of adult thinking, cognitive reasoning, and a desire to connect and a, a desire to experiment and I'm telling you, it will be the greatest societal experiment of all time. And while many of our kids will survive this fine, many of our kids are already being violated. And it isn't just a short-term violation. If you're sexually violated, sexually trapped, sexually uh, exploited, when you're 11, 12, 13, 14 in those formative years, it will change who you are as a person. It will change your identity of sex and your ability to have healthy sexual encounters if you're one of those victims. It will change your values. It will change your image of self-worth and being attractive and valuable and a chosen child of God. It will change everything. And what 
very little in our society is recognizing is when an 11, 12, 13-year-old child is violated, it will change their parents. It will change the, the family trust. It changes the dynamic. The father says the mother's too lenient. The mother says the father's too strict or vice versa. The kids are terrified that dad no longer looks at them the same. And guess what? Dad, if he finds out, often doesn't look at that child the same when they're violated. And so everyone needs help. But what we got to do here is not bury this under the blanket and pretend in our society this is not happening. It is happening on mammoth scales. It is unbelievable. Just three weeks ago, the Department of Justice claimed that at least two million kids only in America are being sextorted. And that's based on a fairly small scale. I would tell you that number might be twice that amount. Extorted and violated, that means at least another 2 million parents and hopefully 4 million parents are also involved. This is a very serious crime. It is a cancer on our society and we have to look at it. So I want to get deep into how this works. Crowdsourcing is bringing together of like-minded people using the technology that is available. So let's establish that. And on the whole, it is good. But when crowdsourcing is being used to develop sextortion rings, child exploitation rings, it is absolutely terrifying. And we have to stop and think about What is happening? I've been talking about this for a long time. I made a chapter in our book. You're going to hear me talk about this even more. So what I want to start out with is what are the dynamics first of child pornography and why does that have to do with child uh, crowdsourcing? Can't even say it. Child crowdsourcing. (laughs) Anyway, what it does is that the Internet brings people together that were never, ever brought together before. And so what is happening in child pornography is that you used to have this nasty little pedophile that was preying on his daughter or niece or nephew or neighbor or whatever child they could get their hands on, and then they would either photograph it and keep the photos or share the photos with some friends but it was a small scale community that was done in private in the dark off in a corner and kept to oneself and so that is how child pornography has gone on for a long time but what is happening now is because of technology these people are being brought together all over the world. Now, many of you have heard me talk. I need to just clarify something. I want you to understand first about the dark net and the clear web because we're going to get deep into this in the next three sections. If you think of the Internet as a bucket of water, the top 3 to 5% is where we live. That is called the surface web, the clear web. And we meet each other online. We can meet total strangers now online. We share information. We hook up, um, you know, either it's Facebook or uh, Instagram or Snapchat and like that. And as many of us 
must know there are many, many pedophiles and predators out there fishing to reach our kids. And so they go out there and they throw out something that's kind of fun. They look different than they are on the Internet. But what they do is that pedophiles now have signs that they're sharing with each other and they're finding each other. I, th- I asked Susie to put this on her Facebook page to promote the show so that you could see it. In this case, I took it off the uh, Daily Mail, and I appreciate them putting that together. That's Mia DeGraff for the Daily Mail. And uh, this goes back even to 2016. And I thank you, Maria, for being a Mia, for being uh, generous to post this so that we can share it and learn it. So what you'll see here is a triangle. The, the FBI found five symbols pedophiles use to indicate their preferences for For uh, boys, a blue spiral triangle framed by another triangle is known as the boy lover logo used by adults who prefer young boys. So you'll see these on my website. Another one, it looks like a piece of wire going round and round. It's for younger boys. Sorry about my paper sound here. I am looking at paper. Uh, It's the little boy lover logo. It's a blue triangle spire, but it's drawn in a child like a screw. The girls, uh, the so-called girl lover logo is a heart inside a heart indicated that the pedophile prefers young girls. My point of putting these on there is um, these are put into jewelry. They're included in different kinds of artwork and designs on various websites and social media sites. And so that tells pedophiles that there is somebody out there broadcasting that they have a fetish for a particular kind of child. And that is how they find themselves in the clear web. And so they will hook up with each other, and then they will begin to form these large-scale communities in the dark web. So that is how they find each other, how they begin to say, okay, you're okay, I'm okay, like that. They build a community in the dark web, and then they use a variety of methods to make sure that the people that are coming on to them in the dark web is not the law enforcement, are not law enforcement. So we're already up against that break. This show's gone way too fast. If you'll stay with us, we'll be right back. Thank you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. 
Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillocks, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back. We are talking about crowdsourcing of sextortioners when pedophiles come together and prey on our children. And this is reaching outrageous proportions. And I wanted uh, people to be able to understand and uh, appreciate uh, this show is not for everyone. This is a tough subject. I'm going to tell you that. Uh, But many of our followers are pretty tough people, so thank you very much. And by the way, I appreciate it when you write to me. You can do that at Opal at Million Kids. So they have these symbols. They often uh, will find one another. Once they found one or two people, then they become, uh, they educate each other about various peer-to-peer network groups. Now, some of these are in the clear web, and some of them are down in the dark web, but it's kind of like, Finding out, yes, there are societies, and yes, you're welcome in. You do have to prove yourself. Um, It it is just downright disgusting. In the Playpen case, there were 215,000 pedophiles in that one particular ring. It is not uncommon to find a ring that will have, you know, 25,000, 75,000, 40,000 pedophiles. And they have to qualify each week. That means they have to violate a child and photograph themselves doing it and submitted it to an administrator in the dark web so that they can get approved and know that they're not law enforcement. But here's where I want to go with this. I don't want to get too hung up just on the child pornography because where I want to go is the crowdsourcing aspect of this. So they're, usually what happens then is they are now part of this society. And they know each other. Now, this can take place usually in the dark web, but where I'm going in the in this crowdsourcing thing is they will often form camaraderie. They will begin to trust each other. And what will happen is they will form a sextortion ring in the clear web. So what am I talking about? Now, I'm going to go into some cases before this is over, but I want you to get the vision in your head so that you know where we're going. What happens is all of a sudden you'll have connected three, four, five guys 
and they have likenesses. Now, they seem to be all ages. They're not, you know, it can be 22 and 56. It can be 78, you know, and it's usually not that old in these sextortion rings. It's usually younger guys, 22 to 35, maybe 40. It's because they know how to talk to a teenager where they sound like a teenager. And that's what they're doing. Their goal is to come together as a sextortion ring and they get very sophisticated. They start to build a database of all the kids that they've tricked, their their connections, whether it's Instagram and their addresses, how old they are, what their little brother's sister's names are, you know, if they're in ballet or dance or soccer, if they uh, have had sex, no sex, a copy of all the photographs and videos that they have sent. They build elaborate databases of each victim. And they store those, and they also use those photographs. So so I'm getting ahead of myself. So think about this. Let's say in five different states, there are, in, in the one I'm going to show you, there's six different states and six different men. By the way, one of them was for the Philippines, but most of them, but he was living in uh, uh, Las, uh, Las Vegas at the time, if my memory serves, right? Anyway, so what happens is these guys have not met. They're different ages. For all I know, they're different ethnicities. They haven't met, but they have met online, and they share fetishes. They have learned to trust each other. They build a base camp where they talk and strategize, and they begin to come out and start to find kids they can violate. And they actually gave each other names. Now, there are two rings with similar names, so I'm suspicious that there's at least one commonality between each of those rings because those it isn't an accident those two names uh, are a match. But it's for like finder, looper, closer, watcher, groomer, like that. And they play different roles. And so what is happening here, if you can see this, is you, la- you actually have a network of individuals who in the United States live in different states, they're different ages, probably different ethnicities, we're not sure, and they build camaraderie, they build trust, they may do this in the dark web or they may do that in the clear web. They actually have an administrator that runs the whole thing and they build elaborate databases and libraries of the photographs that they obtain. One of the things I am not yet able to determine on a sextortion ring, I know that in... uh, just a child pornographer, they will get a photograph and they they build these elaborate libraries. Some of them have more than a million uh, pictures in them. I mean, we've seen them with 10 million pictures. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you store that. I don't know how you find that. But they sell them, they trade them amongst thousands of other pedophiles. So there's a financial um, incentive here as well as an ego incentive that my library is bigger than your library. And so the goal here is to obtain this stuff, and some of it do it for finances, but most of it do it just because they're very sick people. And they need more and more photos, and they need to impress each other. So they're building these large-scale rings, and they're going out there and finding what I call, you know, our kids that are low-hanging fruit. 
kids who are playing on the internet, kids who are willing to talk to strangers, kids who fall in love with some guy on the internet thinking it's, you know, some rock star, kids who are willing to have personal sex, sex with each other, masturbate, do other things, and send those photos off with the idea that they're pleasing some fantasy lover, which in fact is truly a pedophile. And then those videos are being used and shown to other kids so that they will feel comfortable in self-violating, masturbating, or interacting and sending it off to these pedophiles. So I'm a little bit ahead of myself. I want to back up here to help you walk through this. So they find each other in various ways, with symbols, with networks, with uh, another friend. They qualify to be part of these networks. There's usually somewhere between four and ten players in a sextortion ring, which is what we're talking about here. That's why I'm calling it crowdsourcing is you know, uh, four to ten people come together, share ideas, get creative on how they can trick kids, build the databases, develop a strategy, and each one plays a separate role. This is very organized. This is what I want you to see. This is different than individual pedophilia. And it is can only be possible because of technology. Many of them operate both in the clear web and in the dark web, which means they have a Tor browser, T-O-R, the Onion Router. Now, there are other browsers out there, but most of them are using the Tor browser. So what happens here is, I, I, I read an article, I just wanted to share with you how big this is. In 2017, a Rechnid, I believe, error A-R-A-C-H-N-I-D, Arachnid, an artificial intelligent project in Canada, identified 5 million websites hosting child sex abuse material. That's another word for child pornography. Some with 40,000 unique images of child abuse. It is now averaging 100,000 new Let me start over. It is now averaging 100,000 new unique images of child sex abuse per month. Did you get that? 100,000 new unique images of child sex abuse a month. That's just in one project. Okay, just one. We know that several of these have millions of photos. One of the things I want to reiterate here is these are not child sex abuse photos. These are abused children. You do not have child pornography unless you have a child, and it's not pornographic unless you're exploiting that child. They're now using pre-recorded images to trick other minors into believing they are interacting with their peers on a webcam. They are actually, these kids, often some of them 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, even don't even know what sex is yet. And keep in mind, this will be their first sexual encounter. It will determine who they are for the rest of their lives, their self-image, their self-worth, and the fact that before they ever even had their first kiss, their first great date, 
their sexual image has been violated. What is happening is they were watching pre-recorded images of other minors who are being sextorted. They encouraged the minors to emulate the act. One child was only 10 years old. This is very, very important in this discussion of sextortion because right now these rings are going out and tricking kids into sending naked photos. But as you heard me talk not too long ago on a site like LiveMe, and LiveMe is dynamite technology, it has many good uses. I am a friend of LiveMe, but I can tell you that probably before March of 2020, mark my words, you are going to see 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids all over the world twerking and stripping and doing sex acts in front of live streaming where they can charge for it, and it can go out to thousands of people. So these sextortion rings won't just be using pictures of people they trick, there's going to be a whole lot of kids that don't understand what they're doing that is going to be raising their hand and committing sex acts and putting them out there where they can be intercepted and they also will be violated. So the reason for this show is to let you know this is about to become a global epidemic and I am sounding the alarm and asking people to come forward and help me build a documentary so people can understand what is happening and our kids will not fall prey to this. I want to create a documentary and put it at every school in America for free. It is not fair to put our children in the World Wide Web and not explain to them how it works, how they got there, and how bad guys use it, what the dark web is. People need to understand what this is about, and I'm asking people to come alongside of me and help me get that done. My name is Opal Singleton. This show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. You can reach me at Opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. We're up against that break. We're going to be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. 
Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton Hello and welcome back to Explained Crimes Against Humanity. I appreciate each and every one of you that follow this show and support this show financially and assist us. Uh, you can do that by going to www.millionkids.org and uh, please follow us on Facebook at Million Kids. Just go to Facebook, find Million Kids and hit like and you'll see story after story. This is happening on a scale that is just simply mind boggling. If you want to access the archive of this show in the future you and so that you can share it with others, you are welcome to do that at www.exploitedcrimes.com. Just go into listen, scroll all the way down. It'll be at least if you're doing it this week, it'll be the very last show. Uh, so here we go. I want to um, give you a case that is part of my book, but I want you to understand how this happens here. The headline on this was in September of 2017, four men sentenced for engaging in child exploitation enterprise here. Now, there were actually six perpetrators. This is just the trial for four of them. What I want you to see in this, it says four men sentenced for engaging in child exploitation enterprise um, know the term enterprise. This is an excerpt, by the way, from the Austin Borough News. The reporter was uh, Bernard Fowler. We always try to give, um, you know, because they are doing the work, we want to recognize their work, and we appreciate them being willing to report on this and want to give them the recognition they deserve. So four men sentenced for engaging in child exploitation enterprise. The first thing I want you to see is the word enterprise. He was absolutely right. This is a business, okay? It's a hobby. It is a a way of satisfying their innate fetishes, but it is, in fact, a business. This is organized crime. I would hope that RICO might apply to things like this, quite frankly, so there were six perpetrators that were preying on prepubescent girls. Hello, mom and dad, why are we putting prepubescent girls out there where someone can access them without your supervision? I know I am an absolute wrench. Wrench? Winch. <laughs> I'm an absolute winch on this. But if you're going to do that, will you first please drive them down to the strip club and leave them off for an hour or two and see how well they stand up against these people? Because that is what you're doing. And I know that's just out obnoxious of me to do that, but I'm trying to get your attention. Okay, well, if they weren't on there, they couldn't be accessed, but they were on there. 
in there. Now, the perpetrators are 31 to 54. So just imagine you have an 11-year-old girl, sweet, innocent little girl, and she's up against guys who are 31 to 54, six of them, who want to violate any little girl they can get their hands on. And mom and dad have made this child available. Excuse me for being rotten, but it's true. If mom and dad weren't paying that bill, that child would not be on that phone and they would not be available, but they have. So forgive me for being radical, but it is what is happening. You are putting a 10, 11, 12-year-old girl who has yet to get her sexual identity, innocent as she can be, up against six men who are 31 to 54 who want to violate that child. These are not innocent young school guys. This is a business of really nasty pedophiles. They all lived in different states. One was Modesto, California, Waterford, Michigan, Glenham, Illinois, Diller, Nebraska, Vallejo, California. By the way, I'm going to be not too far from Dillard this week as I join the folks at the Lenexa uh, Fire Department. And thank you so much for uh uh, Division Chief D. Kemper, we just had him on last week, but we are going to talk about this case here because people who live in small towns think they're exempt from this stuff. Are you kidding me? This guy's a pedophile in Diller, Nebraska, that is operating all over the world and especially all over the nations. And then there was a citizen of Philippines living in Las Vegas. So here are six guys, 31 to 54. Nobody knows how they met. It's believed they met on the Internet. And they began to trust each other and embrace each other and share their pedophile fetishes and sexual interests. So I want to explore with you the emotional satisfaction that is going on here because I believe we just got started on the concept of crowdsourcing. I know that pedophilia and these global dark net pedophile rings have thousands, in some cases hundreds of thousands of people on them. And so now they are uniting because they want more photos. And what is happening is I want you to get what it's like to be one of these pedophiles and why are you risking exposure to opening up to people you have never met. You see, as long as you stay in the shadow, you're probably okay. But now what is happening is you've now got five other guys that know your fetishes and share your ideologies. These guys get a sense of being normal by being part of this enterprise, as this reporter called it. There's a sense of community, a sense of inclusion, A sense that somebody else understands me and approves of me. You know, all up until now, I felt like I had to hide in the shadows. But I get the sense of belonging. Many of these people get so accepted and approved by each other that they separate from their own family. There's sometimes a sense of competition. I'm better at this than you. I can get more photos. Uh, I have more photos than you. It reinforces their sick sense 
of self-worth or lack thereof, quite frankly, in my opinion. So what is happening here is they it motivates them to take it to another level. In other words, where they would be happy simply violating a toddler or a small child or a teenager before, now they get more creative in their violations. And they give each other's names so that they recognize the role they're playing. You talk about a sense of community. This is your title in this organization. This is what you're good at. And I recognize that. And you're going to get this child and hand them off to me so I can take them to the next level. So there's almost it's almost like a video game competition, if you will. Well, there's a sense of power in the numbers of belonging to this because they feel like, you know, it, it increases, I believe there increases their their lack of inhibition. And I believe that it helps them overcome and deny their normal instincts that they're going to get caught and go to prison for a very long time. I think that that inclusion absolutely shadows that over. I also think that there's a sense of connecting with other people all over the world, a sense of almost being famous in there. Because of the fact that that they are now known outside their community and they lose the perspective because they're part of a very sick community, it's almost like a cult. They lose their perspective that how far out of the norm they are from real society. And so it advances the fetish, in my opinion. Each one has a specific role based on their skill set. So they are recognized that they are particularly good at seducing a minor or uh, one of them, uh, the looper, you know, getting them to come back in if they're thinking of of pulling away and telling somebody, you know, the closer that gets a, a child who thinks they're talking to some wonderful hot rock star that's madly in love with them to go in and self-violate and do horrible stuff to themselves. When they're only 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, you would not believe what they get these little kids to do. It, I don't want to make you sick, so I won't get too graphic, but it is evil. Uh, I, you know, a normal person would want to vomit based on what they get these kids to do. And that's that closer person that goes out there. They maintain the database. If they can get a photograph from one kid, they will use that on other kids to show them how to do it. They will sell those photographs almost immediately. They will trade them. They will distribute them around the world to tout their handiwork and how good they are. They give each other advice on how the tour works and which peer-to-peer networks are good and what to how to watch out for law enforcement. And, you know, I'm thinking maybe this network is being penetrated, so stay away from that for a while. And they have they have literally they have tutorials, they have uh, manuals on how to do this, they have uh, boards that they do, you know, uh, chat boards and uh, communication boards that they share on. On there, they give each other advice on encryption and uh, you know how virtual private networks work and which ones are the better ones and you know uh, which ones they think are being watched or maybe have been penetrated. They have administrators where you literally have to requalify. They have 
people who check to see if the submissions that are being submitted in these things are being uh, photoshopped on there. They brag on specific recruiting techniques and uh, and brag on their successes and they show what worked and what didn't work and you know, they laugh at our children who are being put in the most vile acts. Some of these kids literally, you know, once their photo goes out there, and I want to go into that in the next level, but think about this child. She's 10 years old, 11 years old. She's thinking she's talking to a guy who thinks she's the greatest thing since sliced bread. She is in love, and as best as she can be, she's in heat because we're doing this to young kids who are hormonal. And they will show them a video of another 12-year-old girl putting things in her vagina. And they they tell them they're going to love them and they'll be so impressed and they get them to do that. And then they send it off to this guy thinking this guy's going to go, oh, you're beautiful and I love your body. And that same guy will turn around and send that photo all over the world and he will turn on that child and call that child nasty names and then start to blackmail that child. And this gets absolutely horrific beyond anything we could ever imagine even 12 or 18 months ago. This is absolutely horrific. It is like taking your child down to a organization of pedophiles and leaving them off because these guys are organized, they are skilled, they are mature, they are motivated, they are embrazened, and they're keeping databases, and they're sharing it, they're selling it, and they are doing everything they can. And our little 11-year-old girl doesn't have a chance. Parents, I know this is a hard conversation, but you need to hear this before you put a prepubescent child on the internet. My name is Opal Singleton. This is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about crowdsourcing when one child is against a ring of professional pedophiles. It is just the most evil, I I can't come up with a word that I can imagine, but we are just getting started. And this is a tough conversation. I thank you if you're listening all the way through to the end of this, because I know you're tough people if you're doing that, but we cannot put our heads in the sand on this subject. Here's another example of a crowdsourcing case. In this case, it was reported by Mark Hicks out of Detroit News. Uh, And thank you, Mark, for being willing to talk about this. The case was adjudicated in Detroit, but I can't find any evidence that any of the perpetrators were uh, from Detroit. Uh, This was put together by the FBI. Great job, FBI. Uh, The defendants and uh, the sentencing was literally, and what I want you to see here is if you know anybody who's even thinking about doing this, they get very long sentences, and they should, because they are giving that child a life sentence, okay? In this case, there was uh, Terry Kovac from Las Vegas, he's 37. A guy named Felipe Meja from Springdale, Arkansas. He got 41 years. Excuse me. Terry Kovac was 49. He got 37 years in prison. Felipe Meja, 31. Springdale, Arkansas, got 41 years. Noel Isley, 38, from Wappinger Falls, New York, got 35 years in prison. Eric Robinson, 42, Duluth, Minnesota, sentenced to 34 years in prison. Brett Macy, 47, Portland, Maine, sentenced to 32 years in prison. And William Phillips, 39, of High Park, New York, sentenced to 33 years in prison. So what do we have here? They're 49, 31, 38, 42, 47, 39 years old. They're from all over the nation, including New York and Arkansas, Minnesota, and Maine. And they are preying on little kids. Over a period of four years, these men posed as teenage boys on social media apps and chat rooms to lure underage girls they called captures. You see, for them, it's a game. It's going to be a long game because they're going to spend 35 years in prison. They played different roles and were successful in building the girls' trust and convincing them to engage in sexually explicit contact conduct on webcams. The group recorded the activities and shared it with each other. Working together and playing various roles, the group recorded tens of thousands of sexually explicit videos with minors, some as young as 11 years old. The FBI has so far identified 48 victims, but they know that there is at least 100 victims. This is, you know... Tens of thousands of sexually explicit videos with minors, and yet they can only identify a hundred victims. This tells me there are thousands of victims that have been violated but have not been located or identified or willing to talk. This is important to me, folks, because what is happening here is I want you to think about what is happening to the victim of this kind of thing. 
many of these girls have not gone through puberty. I'm not sure what they're thinking, quite frankly, when they commit these sexually-oriented acts. They simply want to please the person they think is a cute boy about their age. None of the victims ever understood they were talking to six different men. So this takes a huge amount of effort to do this crowdsourcing. It really, really does. It's not an easy thing. They have to trust each other. They build these elaborate ruses that they use on our kids. They, They maintain large libraries. They maintain large databases. They get creative. They have a full-blown community dedicated to this. And they have thousands of victims, many who obviously have never come forward, whose lives are changed forever. One of the things I want to tell you is I take these calls. I talk to fathers whose daughter has been violated through one of these, and he will never be the same. His loss of innocence of his daughter and the blaming of himself, and the, it changes the marriage, it changes the father, it changes the, the child. And literally, because of technology, we are putting our child against literally whole rings of grown men who are very sophisticated. And I must find a way to get a megaphone to tell this story. We want, I want to build a, a, a documentary, first of all, for kids. And, it, you know, it's not another damn safety internet video. No offense. But nobody really pays attention to a lot of those. They need to hear where we're at in our place in history and how the Internet is made and why it is put together the way it is and how pedophiles use it. And I need to get that out to parents so they will think twice before they put their child out in a virtual strip club and give them give pedophiles all over the world access to their most precious child or teenager. This is only going to get bigger. It isn't going to get smaller. You know, as technology becomes more sophisticated, more kids are putting themselves out there, those videos will be used against them. These child pornography sites will get bigger. We must stand against this. My name is Opal Singleton. The organization is called Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids, because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. I'd ask you to go to Facebook and follow us, and you will see these cases on a regular basis, sometimes two and three a week, sometimes more. I would ask you to get it in your heart, if you would, If you want to donate and support an important cause out of all the charities in the world, who is doing this to save our families and save our children? Go to www.millionkids.org and hit donate. If you don't use donations on social media, you can send us a check at Million Kids P.O. Box 7295, P.O. Box 7295, Riverside, California, 92513. I'm not really great at fundraising, but I'm going to tell you it is time for us to unite. It is time for us to crowdsource. If they can use this technology to destroy our children, we can use this technology to raise our money to educate parents, teachers, and kids around the world, and let's change this baby. 
enough already. No longer should another child be put against a crowdsource of six, eight, ten pedophiles and be violated. This is Opal Singleton, Exploited Crimes and Technology, excuse me, Crimes Against Humanity. You folks have a good week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.